Well, good morning. Good to see you this morning. Welcome to church. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church. I'm so glad you're here as we kick off a brand new teaching series called The Power of Partnering. I love when we kick off brand new teaching series. I got all kinds of fresh stuff I want to share with you. And we're going to, over the next couple of weeks, dive through some key relationships in your life and how your life is actually better when you live together, when you do it together, when you live life together how we can actually accomplish more, grow more, and see God do more in and through us in this world. And today, that's exactly what we're going to look like. That most important relationship that you have is how do you partner with God for your spiritual growth? Now, I may not know you. I know a lot of you, but I may not know you or may not know you that well yet, but I think I know something about you. I have a hunch about you, whether you're in this room or an overflow space, wherever you're at here today. My hunch is that you desire to grow, that you want to grow. In fact, just to prove my point right, just raise your hand if you desire to grow at any point in your life, in any way in your life. See, I told you. And so here's the deal. My hunch is the reason I know this because you wouldn't have got up as early as you got up today. You wouldn't have got as dressed up as you got dressed up today to come to church if you didn't want to grow and more specifically, if you didn't think that God could help you grow or that God might actually want to play a part in your growth or that God might actually be the point of your growth. I don't think you'd be here if you didn't have at least a desire for that or a belief or conviction about that. So that's what we're going to look at over the next couple moments together. How do you partner with God for your growth? And what I commit to you is by the end of our time together here today that you'll actually have a new or fresh insight in how spiritual growth actually works and a prayer and a practice that you can put into place this week in your life so that you can actually see real growth happen in real time this week. Now, when I was in college, uh, I had folks that were uh, in my life that were committed to my growth. They wanted to help me grow. They saw how far I had to go, and they wanted to help me grow. And so they gave me a book when I was in college. Now, let me just pause on that thought for a minute. Do you remember college? Now, for me, college was a long time ago. When I was in college, the internet was something you dialed into, okay? So we're talking about a long time ago. When you were in college, whenever that was for you, when someone gave you a book that wasn't required reading, how likely were you to read that? Not very likely, because you weren't even reading the books you were supposed to read at that time. But someone gave me a book, and they said, we think this book will really help you grow. And I said, all right. And I kind of got it and looked at how big the book was. It looked a little intimidating, so I put it on the shelf. I said, eventually, I'll read that book after I'm out of college. But what ended up happening over the course of that year, I did begin to read it, and I had no idea how powerful of an impact that book would actually have on my life. And the name of that book, you might be familiar with it, is called Experiencing God. Has anyone ever heard of this book, Experiencing God, by Henry Blackbeats? Okay, for the four of you who have, we're in <laughs> solidarity with you. If you haven't, that's okay. But I believe this is a book that every person of faith, every Christian, should read at some point in their life as it talks about how you discover and how you live into the will of God for your life. And I, I, I would love for you to read this book. I'd love for you to come across this book. This is actually just the workbook. The real book is four times larger than this. So in case you don't happen to get to it today or you're still behind on your Nicholas Sparks summer reading plan, here's the basic bottom line of what Henry Black. Blackaby says in his book, Experiencing God. He sums up, I'm going to sum up the whole book for you in one idea. And this is what he says. If you want to be a part of what God is doing in the world, find out where God is at work and join him there. Find out where God is at work and join him 
There, that's so good you might want to write it down. Find out where God's at work. What's God doing in the world? Where's God at? What's he doing? And then join him there. If you want to be a part of what God is doing in this world, if you want to give your life to something bigger than yourself, find out where God is at work and join him there. You don't need to make it happen on your own. You don't need to manufacture a movement of God. You just need to find out where God is already and always at work and join him there. Align your life with what God is already doing. And the same principle is actually true when it comes to your spiritual growth, when it comes to how you grow in and with God in your life. Same principle applies. It's actually not as hard as you think or as complicated as we make it. If you want to grow in your life with God, find out where God is at work in your life and join him there. Find out what God is doing in your life and join him there. See, this is a spiritual practice called partnering with God, where you get to partner with the God of the universe for your spiritual growth. This is an amazing thing to think about that anyone can actually do. Anyone can partner with God who's in relationship with God. If you're in relationship with God, it doesn't matter how new you are to this whole faith thing, you can still actually partner with God by finding out what he's doing in your life and joining with him in that work. You may have been a Christian a long time, in fact, you've been at this so long, you thought you didn't have to grow anymore because you figured it all out, right? Not so. We all know the longer we go with God, the more we realize how much we need to grow. And so the same invitation is to you as well. Find out what God is doing in your life. And because here's a little spoiler alert. He's always doing something. And join him there. Doesn't matter if you know the Bible really well or you can't even find the book we're about to open to. Find out where God, listen to where God, pay attention to where God is at work and join him there. So this is a spiritual practice called partnering with God. And it's talked about all throughout the Bible, how God wants to partner with you, to come along, to come around, actually to come inside of you, to work through you. And we're going to look at one passage in particular that talks about what this looks like and how it works. This idea that God is always already in you and is at work for you in your life. And it's found in Romans chapter 8. So here's what I want you to do. Grab a Bible right in front of you and open up to Romans chapter 8. It's on page 787. So unless you've got the Bible memorized, you can go ahead and grab one right in front of you. Open it up because I want you to see this for yourself and see how God actually partners with you for your spiritual growth. Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 26. The Apostle Paul is talking about what this life with God looks like when God is actually in you and how incredible it is what God did through his son Jesus to provide us with the Holy Spirit who actually lives inside anyone who's in relationship with God. And so Paul's kind of painting this beautiful picture of what that looks like. And this is what he says when we get to verse 26 about how we partner with God. This is what he says. He says this, in the same way the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit of God, part of the triune trinity, the nature of God that's three in one. So the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, helps us in our, what's the word? Weakness. weakness. You might want to circle that in the Bible because we need to be reminded of our weakness often. 
And the reason that's so important is because our weakness is our indicator of where we need to grow. Plain and simple. So in the places that we need to grow, in the places where we're weak, in the places where we don't have it all figured out or cannot do it on our own, the Spirit actually helps us. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit itself intercedes for us. That means goes between, goes before, on our behalf through wordless groans. Now the image here is that there is a language that the Holy Spirit has that speaks to God on your behalf. In other words, when you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit says, I got this. Anyone here ever run out of words to pray? Ever been so defeated and so depleted? You didn't even know what to pray. You didn't even want to pray. Did you know that whether you were aware of it or not, the Holy Spirit was already at work in your life in that moment? When you're in a relationship with God, the Spirit is working in you and works for you by going to God on your behalf and bringing your broken heart, bringing your stubborn heart, bringing your proud heart to God. When you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit speaks for you on your behalf to God. It says this in verse 27, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Kind of complex sentence there. What is he saying? That the God who sees and knows everything about you also knows what the Spirit is up to in your life because the Father and the Spirit are one. The Father and the Son are one. So he says, listen, the God who searches your heart knows everything already about you, actually knows what the Spirit has in mind mind for you and how the Spirit is working for you because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That means that the Holy Spirit works on your behalf for you, for God. That this is all in alignment with God's will for your life, that you grow in a relationship with him, that you know him more intimately, more personally, more passionately in your life. This is all in alignment with what God is doing in your life. This is an amazing spiritual concept that the Holy Spirit of God is always already at work in you, working for you to bring your heart to the Father. That's an incredible concept. That when you don't have words to say, the Spirit speaks for you anyway. Or in other words, the Holy Spirit has the ability to take to God, listen to this, your inability to talk to God. The Holy Spirit of God has the ability to take to God your inability to talk to God. When you don't know what to say, the Spirit speaks on your behalf. That is God at work for you, in you. That's an amazing thing that you may not even be aware of, but that God is already at work in your life right now, in fact, even in this very moment. Now, let me be clear about this because I think it's really important that we not sort of mix words here. God doesn't work for you. Okay, let me say that again. God doesn't work for you. God's not like a little genie in a lamp. You're like, oh God, I'm in trouble. Help me out. Oh, I really made a mess this time, God. Help me out. Like, God loves you. He knows your life, but it's, 
He doesn't work for you. He's not just sitting around going, oh, I hope he'll call, I hope he'll call, I hope he'll call. He doesn't, he doesn't work for you. But he does work for you. He works on your behalf. The Holy Spirit does for you what sometimes you don't even know how. You don't even know what to say. He didn't work for you, but he does work for you. He works on your behalf. And so the question is, will you join him in that work? Will you join God in the work that he's already actually doing in your life and join up with him and experience what it means to partner with God? Now, uh, Two weeks ago, our family had an awesome opportunity to go take our spring break, a very late spring break, uh, to Breckenridge, Colorado. We'd never been there before as a family. We wanted to teach our kids how to snowboard, and uh, it, was, it was an incredible trip. I mean, I, look, in my most unbiased, non-exaggerative way, they crushed it on snowboards, all right? They absolutely crushed it. We were blown away at how quickly they picked it up and how unbelievably flexible kids' bodies are. <laughs> they would do things that would have me in the hospital for a week and they just get right up and do it again. So we had this awesome opportunity to go. In fact, the, the, our trip got delayed by two days because there was so, they had a huge snowstorm that hit Denver and Breckenridge. And so we had a couple feet of fresh powder and we had temperatures in the 50s and 60s. If you're wondering if there's evidence of a good God in this world, <laughs> go to Breckenridge two weeks ago. You would have understood. And so we had this incredible time together. And as we were coming home from our trip together, we were driving back down to Denver and coming back down through the mountain. And I got to see a picture of what it looks like when God's at work in the world, in creation. It was this beautiful little picture kind of just off to the side of the road, parallel to our uh, road back to the airport in Denver. We got to watch as the streams and rivers begin to really sort of flow. All the snow that was melting was actually now forming the streams and rivers that will kind of continue on through till next winter. See, this is a foreign concept for us Chicagoans because we, our snow tends to just turn a gross and grimy gray filled with exhaust fumes and stays as a mound on the side of the road that literally sucks the life out of you every time you walk by. Colorado snow, on the other hand, brings life to all that is around it and things just bloom as it goes through. So we're not used to this kind of snow, but go with me, if you will, for a moment. We saw the river flowing and it was a really cool and beautiful thing for our kids to actually sort of see what that looks like. And it got me thinking about God and it got me thinking about growth and it got me thinking about you. And so for the next couple of minutes, what I'd love to do is to paint a picture, a metaphor of what life with God looks like when you partner with him, when you allow God and pay attention to the work that God is actually doing in your life and you join with him in that work. So for the next couple of moments, I want you to imagine the power and the presence of God like a river that flows through your life. Well, you're just going to go along with the metaphor for a moment. It's like a river. I want you to think about it like a river that flows through your life. And the river of God is always already flowing. There's nothing you need to do to make that river flow. There's nothing you could do 
to make that river flow. The question is, what do you do in the river? What do you do in the river that is God's power and presence and work in your life? See, I believe that within each of us, there are three responses that we tend to take. And they can all happen simultaneously or maybe in different seasons that we all tend to have one of three responses when it comes to this river of God that flows through your life. The first uh, picture image I want you to think about is that of a, a dam. Yeah, I said it in church. Uh, but I want you to... There it is. But I want you to think about this image for a second, this idea of the structure that's built to stop the flow of a river. You think about that just for a moment, that there's a structure that's built to stop, to resist the flow of a river. And do you know that maybe for some of us right here, right now today, you are like a dam blocking the work of God in your life. That it's not external forces out there and everyone conspiring against you. You are the dam that's blocking the work of God in your life. Consciously or subconsciously, you are actually working against the work of God in your life. We've all done it, and you may in fact be in one of those seasons right now where you, like a dam, are working against the flow of the river and the blessing of God in your life. And for some of us, it may be because of sin in our lives, and that's kind of the, one of the easiest ways to understand it is that sin can come in and block the flow of God's work and God's blessing in your life. Maybe there's a pattern of sin in your life or sins in your life that's doing just that. You've built up for yourselves a big dam out of lots of little gods that you've given your time and your attention and your affection to could be things like addiction that you have in your life that you've tried to manage over the years. Could be pride. It could be an unhealthy or unholy anger right now in your life. Could be bitterness, lack of forgiveness, a prejudice you have in your heart, a judgmental spirit, you name it. Those little things build a big dam over time that actually stops the flow and the work of God in your life. Still, for others of us, maybe it's not sin. It's just good old-fashioned resistance. You are just resisting God in your life right now. If you were to be honest, you would never call it that. But if you were to stop and step outside of yourself for a moment, that's exactly what you're doing. You're resisting. You're strong-arming God through just some stubborn, self-justified, self-rationalized resistance or reasons. You've kind of distanced yourself and stopped yourself from experiencing the flow of God's work in your life. Maybe for you, it's because you were hurt by people in a church. Because that happens. In fact, it happens way too much. And so there were some people in a church that hurt you. And you blamed God for that. And you said, that's your fault, God, for that happening. And so because of those people in that church that hurt you, you've built up a dam, a resistance to God in your life. Maybe you've been disappointed 
you've been let down or you feel let down right now by God. Heartbroken. God didn't come through for you when or how you actually wanted him to. And you're never going to let that happen to you again. And so you've cut yourself off from the river of life that actually can flow in and through your life so that you can maintain some illusion of control. So my question for you when it comes to the river of God that flows in and through your life is, are you working against the work of God in your life? Are you working against God and the work that he actually wants to do in your life? Through a pattern of sin, through some stubborn resistance, are you actually actively working against the work that God wants to do in you? And my follow-up question to that would be, are you willing to try another way? Are you willing to try another way than that? Now, for others of you, maybe you're not like a dam when it comes to the river. You're like actually something else, something we don't get to see all that often. Maybe you're like the river wheel. You ever seen one of these before? The river wheel, you don't get to see them that much anymore. When we were actually coming down our drive from Breckenridge to Denver, we saw several of these, and our kids had never seen them before. They didn't even know what it was, so they asked us, like, Mom, Dad, what is that? We're like, well, it's a river wheel. What does it do? <laughs> you know, well, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, they don't make them anymore. I mean, you know, we didn't really actually know what they do. See, our kids, again, from Chicago, the only things they're used to seeing in like rivers around here are like trash and, you know, hipsters and kayaks. And so they have no idea what this is or what it does. And apparently neither did their parents. And so I looked it up trying to understand. Do you know what a river wheel does? What a river wheel does is it takes the power and the presence, the flow of the river, and it converts it to energy for something else. It converts it to energy for someone else. The river wheel works for the river. And as the river flows, the river wheel goes to work so that it can convert all of that for someone, for something else. And the basic belief here when it comes to those who live more like a river wheel in the river of God is that the number one thing that God wants for you is for you to work for him that that's really all God wants for you is for you to get to work for him. And it sounds very spiritual, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I should like do stuff for God. Like, that's kind of why I'm here, right? I want to do some stuff for God. I mean, there's people who are sick in the world, right? There's people who are dying in the world. There's people going to hell right now. What are you going to do about it, right? You can kind of get yourself worked up thinking that that's all God wants for you is to go to work for him. Listen to me. It's easy to get that message around here at Soul City Church. Just come around here long enough, say five minutes, and you're going to hear us ask you to get involved in some way. You're going to hear us ask you to get involved in serving. We're going to ask you to get involved in leading. We're going to ask you to get involved by getting in a group. We're going to ask you to give to what God is doing here. Stick around here long enough and you might pick up the message that that's really all that matters is that you do stuff for God. And here's the deal. All of those things I just mentioned are an incredibly important part of your life with God, but none of them are the point of your life with God. You working for God is not what God created you for. That's not the point of it all. And if I'm being really honest, 
This has been my journey with God most of my life. I came to faith at a young age in a great church, got involved right away, and I began to believe at a very young age that my worth to God was directly proportionate to the work I did for God. My worth to God was directly proportionate to the work that I actually did for God, and that the greatest response I could have to grace was to get to work. I mean, can you believe that God would save someone like me? You better prove you're worth it. You better give him a good reason to send Jesus to the cross. And so I got to work, because that's what I thought I had to do, that that's the only way to keep God happy, was to keep myself busy working for God, still part of my spiritual journey to this day. There I am in the river watching everyone go by in their inner tubes, <laughs> having a great time with their koozies, having an awesome time, and I'm just working for God. Hope you're having fun. I'm making something happen over here for God. It's very easy to fall into that trap that that's all God wants for you, but he created you for much more than that. You see, they have a word that they use to describe my condition, the person who believes that their worth is directly proportionate to the work that they do for God. They call that religion. And I've suffered from it for many years. But I want to live my life in the flow of the river of God. And all those things I do come out of that place where I don't have to work for God, but I get to work with God. So my question for you today is are you working for God? Are you working for God and not receiving from God? Because you're eventually going to get wiped out doing that. And you're going to become a very bitter person and a very angry person. And so is that the whole point of the river for you, is for you to get to work for God? Or are you willing to try another way? Are you willing today to try another way? See, I believe there's another way when it comes to the river of God that flows in and through our lives, and it's a way of trusting God and the work that he's doing in your life, and it's the way of the river rock. I'm going to show you what that looks like. You can see the image on the screen. I even brought one with me. I know, I know, I know. Try and contain your excitement, because I know people love pictures of rocks, and so just try and hold your applause for a moment while I explain the metaphor. I think that the third way is the way of the river rock. It's the best image I could find for how you partner with God with the work that he's doing in your life. Do you know what a river rock's number one responsibility is? to stay in the flow of the river. To stay in the flow of the river. The river rock makes no attempt to resist the river. It knows that is futile. It doesn't feel any obligation to work for the river. Let's be honest, it doesn't feel anything, but just go along with the metaphor. It doesn't presume to have any responsibility to make the river flow. It just trusts that there is a river and that the river is always there, and that its number one responsibility is to stay in the flow of the river. It just trusts the river. The rock works with the river as the river works with the rock. 
Sometimes the, the rock will stay in the same place for many seasons, many years. Sometimes, quite unexpectedly, the river will pick that rock up and move it to a new location. The rock doesn't freak out when it's not moving. The rock doesn't freak out when it does. It trusts the river. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, have you ever noticed how river rocks are so round and so smooth? Not, such a unique feature that they're so round and so smooth. Do you ever wonder why that is? No? Okay. Well, I'm going to explain, I'm going to explain it because it's in my notes. I'm going to explain it to you anyway. See, I always thought that the reason the river rock was smooth and round was because of the current, the flow of the river. That would make the most sense, right? The river's pushing and flowing, so it's making it smooth. Do you know, that's actually not the case. It's not the river that makes the rock smooth. It's all the sediment in the bottom of the riverbed. And as that sediment gets stirred up and moved around as the river flows, it crashes and collides and careens with the rock. And that work over time is what actually smooths the rock out. It's all those external things, big and small things, that kind of collide with the river rock that actually make it smooth and smooth out all of its rough edges and make it something beautiful to behold. So my question to you is, you got anything in your life right now that feels like it's just crashing and colliding and careening into you? Things may be unplanned or unexpected. And your first response and reaction is to be defensive, to run, to get away from those things as much as possible. They may be things like a job change and you're so afraid of losing your job. Or maybe you have lost your job. It could be things like a new relationship that's begun, or a breakup, or a diagnosis, or a death, or a new baby, or a miscarriage, or a move, or a new friend coming into your life, or an old friend leaving. Do you know that all of those Big and little things, sometimes unexpected, sometimes uninvited. You know that all of those big and little things that crash and collide and careen into your life, do you know that God can use every single one of them to transform your life? Do you know that he actually can? And the longer you try and get away from them as much as possible, the longer you're going to miss the opportunity to be formed and shaped and transformed by God, to have all of your rough edges made smooth by him. That God actually uses your circumstances to shape and form who you are and who you can become in him. See, this is what life with God in the river is like when you trust that he is at work, already, always at work, and can use the most unexpected, even uninvited things to shape and form and transform who you are. So when it comes to the work of God flowing like a river through your life, are you going to work against it as much as you can, as long as you can? Are you going to assume that it's your job to get to work for God as he's moving in your life? Or will you actually work with God? Will you work with God? Will you find out where God is at work in your life? 
and join him there. Will you work with God? See, this is the beautiful invitation given to every single one of us. When you enter into a relationship with God, you get to go to work with God. And he loves shaping and transforming and redeeming and renewing your life. And there is not a part of your life, no rough edge that can't be made smooth. No external thing crashing into your life that God can't use to shape and form and transform who you are. And it'd be really easy to think like, oh man, that's awesome. I went to church today. What did they talk about? Oh, they told me to be like a rock. <laughs> what? What is that? What is that? What? does that mean? You're just supposed to sit around and just be around? I guess. I didn't really listen at the end. So I want you to, I want you to listen. I want you to listen to this part, okay? Because it'd be really easy to assume like, oh, cool. I'll just kind of sit around and let God do stuff. That's not partnership. Partnership with God is this. It's you doing what only you can do and God doing what only he can do. You can't make the river flow. You don't need to, praise God for that. You don't have to force or manufacture the work of God in your life. He's already working. But God is not going to make you trust him. God is, is not going to stop circumstances from happening around your life. The river uses all that's around you. God uses your circumstances good, bad, welcomed, unwelcomed, unexpected, uninvited, to shape and to transform and to change your life. What only you can do is to choose to trust him, to look for where he's working and to actually join him there. So this week at work, when things get crazy and when you find, that's a good swell right there on the keys, by the way, John, thank you. When things get crazy and you feel overwhelmed, like when it overwhelmed, you get a workload and you go, oh, there's no human way I can possibly accomplish this in my life. Or you have a blow up with your boss and you're beginning to wonder if you still will have a job the next day. Rather than freaking out, rather than blaming God, will you this week choose to trust that God can even use that to shape and transform your life? That God might even be at work at your work and wants to use those things to shape and transform your life. And your job is to say, okay, God, what do you wanna teach me? How do you wanna grow me? How can I begin to practice more trust in you? Maybe for you, there's relational uh, tension, dynamics at work. There's a strained relationship. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's with your spouse, roommate. You think God might wanna use that? I mean, all maybe you wanna do is blame them and continue to perpetuate the problem by pointing fingers at them, but maybe what God wants to do is say, no, I'm gonna use this tension to grow in you a greater desire for peace, for forgiveness, for reconciliation. God's gonna work. He's gonna do what he's gonna do. Will you join him in that work and say, okay, God, through this really difficult, tense relationship, I believe you actually have growth for me in that. So how do you want to grow me, God? How can I join with you in that? Maybe for you it's financially and you're, you just don't know how you're going to make it all work this month. It's the start of a new month and you're thinking, man, I'm not, I don't even know how it's all going to add up or God, I don't even know how. You've got to come through might God actually be using your financial circumstances and realities 
to grow in you a greater sense of trust in him. To grow in you a deeper sense of faith that God is already always with you and for you. To grow in you a greater sense of responsibility when it comes to your resources. To no longer be asleep at the wheel. See, God can use anything to grow you. So where is God at work in your life right now? And how can you actually join him there? There's a really simple prayer that I want to invite our whole church to pray this week. Anyone can pray this prayer. In fact, I want to invite everyone to pray this prayer this week. So you might want to jot this down. We'll share it throughout the week. It's a way for you to invite God in to do what only he can do and you commit to doing what only you can do. And here's that simple prayer. It's basically this. God, I will work with you as you work with me. I'll work with you, God. I want to partner with you as you work with me, as you go to work in and through me. I commit to doing what only I can do, trusting that you will always do what only you can do. So we want to have a moment to respond to that reality, to live out, even sing out that prayer. And so what I want to invite you to do right now is I want to invite you to stand. We're going to close with a song that basically talks about all that we've been looking at here in the Bible today that you're actually not alone in this life, in this world, that your growth is not all up to you, that it's not about self-help or self-will or determination, that there is a God who loves you and is already at work with you and for you. And the invitation for you right now is to join up with him. So we take a posture of prayer around here all the time, and I think it's incredibly appropriate for what we've talked about today. We open our hands up. Maybe you grew up in church where they told you to fold your hands like this. You ever see that? That's not in the Bible. They, your parents just didn't want you touching people around you. So <laughs> this is a more appropriate response, is to open your hands up to God and to say, I'm here, I'm open, I'm present. I trust that you, like a river God, are already flowing. And it's my job to join up with you, to trust that you are already here and that you are good, and that I'm not alone. So you join me in a prayer right now. God, thank you for that fact that we are not alone, that we get to actually partner with you for our growth, for your glory in this world. And God, we thank you for the promise in Romans 8, 28 that says that God, you work together with us to make good of our life, even the things that seem bad, or harmful or against us, you actually work them for good when we trust you. And so God, help us to trust you. Help us to pay attention to the work that you're doing, God, to not resist it or not kind of play it off as no big deal or to fear it, God, but to actually say, God, you can use this circumstance to grow me, to, grow me, to shape me, to mold me, to transform me. And so, God, we trust you as you are flowing even through this space right now. Holy Spirit, thank you that even right now, you are interceding on our behalf. You're taking this truth and putting it right in the right places in our heart. And you're taking our heart and you're taking it before the Father right now. So we just choose to trust you and to sing to you with all of our heart because you are good and worthy of our trust and our praise. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.